Well, welcome to Movement Online. My name is Matt Labby. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Movement Church, and we're so glad that you're joining us today. Today, we're beginning a new collection of talks called Life as Unusual. You see, I think what has happened over the course of COVID-19 is that there was a period of the first few weeks where we were wishing that things would go back to usual, that we would go back to life as usual. However, I think there's an opportunity that over the course of the past few months, we'd have a chance to be able to ask the question, do I really want to go back to life as usual? Or are there rhythms and routines that we can set aside and instead of bringing those into our future that we can reevaluate and ask the question, what is God asking me to do so that I move forward into a new kind of life, a life as unusual? You know, I love in the Bible that it talks so much about reorienting the way that we see the world. As a matter of fact, when Jesus comes on the scene in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, he comes on the scene and he says this. He says, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, this idea of repentance can be translated into reconsider. What Jesus does is he invites us into a new way of seeing the world. He invites us into a new reality of how we could live our lives. He says things like this. He says, reconsider the way that you view this. When, when somebody does something against you, instead of immediately wondering how you can get back at them, instead of immediately wondering how you can retaliate, he says, no, 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 listen, reconsider and instead turn the other cheek. Jesus, when he comes onto the scene, he says, listen, you know that everybody else in the world is looking for how they can step up on everybody else to get ahead above the people around them. But listen, instead of stepping on other people to make yourself seem bigger, here's what Jesus says. He says, no, 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 listen, my kingdom is about people who will stoop down and serve those around them. He says to us, he says, listen, reconsider. So my hope is throughout this collection that what we're going to do is we are going to consider, reconsider these different elements of our lives. And we're going to ask the question, what would it look like to move forward with life as unusual? L listen, here's what I think is so important. We've paused for a moment in time. We don't have so many activities to go to. Sports aren't taking up multiple nights a week. We don't have our calendar full of things. But what it would be so easy to do is to go back into life as normal. It would be so easy to forget that there are patterns of rest that God has set up for us that we would be able to better experience the life around us. And before we hurry back into our old routines, I just want to pause and say, what does God have to say about rest. And so today, the title of today's talk is this, Blessed in the Rest. I want you to go ahead and write that down wherever you're listening from. I want you to write that down, Blessed in the Rest. The reason why I love that title is because I believe that God wants to bless us in our rest. We're going to talk about that today, and I think that's so important. But listen, I think that when we actually rest, God will bless us in the rest. In the rest of all of what our life looks like, it's actually a part of the divine way that he has created us that we would experience rest in a new way. You know, this idea of rest is something that I wish that I could say I've always understood and that I don't currently struggle with. But as I was preparing today's message and looking into what rest looks like, there are so many areas that I realized I'm still in process with. 
You see, as I think about the way that I've been processing through rest, it's been a few years that I've been thinking about this idea, and I'm so excited I get to share with you today, but I've decided and I've realized in my own life there are two different kinds of rest that I think are fake rests. I don't know if you've experienced either of these. For me, one of the rests, rests that is a fake rest is non-rest. I know that you're like, well, isn't that just like not resting? And yes, absolutely. But here's what I mean by that. It means that there are some of us that sometimes instead of taking a weekend, instead of taking a Sabbath day, we just keep on working. So some of us, we're sitting there with our kids in a moment or we're sitting across from our spouse and we're pretending to pay attention, but we end up getting an email, a phone call, a text message. And before we know it, we are there. We're, we're physically there, but we're not mentally there. And so we're not taking a rest. For some of us, it means that we're just always moving on to the next thing. And so as we take a day off, we have a list of things at our house that we want to get done. And so I look at those things. I've experienced all of them and currently even continue to experience them. And I would say those are things that are non-rest. I say the second type of rest that we experience is junk rest. Uh, One of my favorite treats to get that sometimes I treat myself to, I'll be walking through the store and I will grab a package of Little Debbie zebra cakes. And uh, I don't know why, but something inside of me loves the sweetness of those zebra cakes. Just vanilla on vanilla is totally good. But here's what I know. The moment I touch that box, my, already, my, my, my arteries are already hardening. And yet I, I end up taking them home. I'll eat the first package. And somewhere through the first zebra cake, I realize I've made a grave error because I don't feel good. I think for some of us, we struggle with that kind of rest that we experience junk rest. We, we spend an entire day watching television. That's not to say that watching TV is bad on your day off, but there's a certain point where it goes from being restful to being junk rest. There, there's a certain point at where you, you're, you're on social media and, and you're on social media so much that at some point it ends up being junk rest. I, I remember my first year in ministry, I asked somebody, a pastor, what they did on their day off. I said, listen, I do whatever I want to. They were like, if I want to get up late, I get up late. If I want to watch this thing, I watch whatever I want to watch. And so I was listening to them, and I realized that somewhere along the way, they had misplaced junk rest for real rest. So today, I want to talk about what real rest looks like, because Jesus talks about this rest that is rejuvenating to the soul. And can you believe it? But God has created us not only to work, but also to rest. And I think that this is an incredible principle for us to bring into our life in the future so that we don't simply jump back into life as usual, but that Jesus says, reconsider rest, that you might live life as unusual. So the question is then, what does rest actually look like? What does God do and how does he talk about rest? And so we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Now, for those of you who are new to the Bible, it is literally the first place that you can get to, and we're going to explore what this understanding of rest is based on. So first, we're going to talk a little bit about work. And so here's what happens in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Now, I want to take a minute. Whatever translation you're using right now at home, can you just go ahead and say those words to me, whatever it says? Maybe it says void. Maybe it says chaotic, whatever it might be. It's, it's that idea that, that it was formless and empty. 
So I just want to start there. So, so I'm going to go over to the whiteboard, and here's what we're going to talk about. You see, because at the very beginning, there were two distinct realms. We had, on one side, we had this realm, which was the realm of the divine creator. My handwriting is so good, so some of y'all might need to get a translator for this. But on the one side, we had a divine creator. And what it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, is that in the divine creator, God made everything out of nothing, spoke it all into existence. And then what we see is that something called tohu wabohu. Somebody say that to the person next to you, tohu wabohu. It is a Hebrew term, and this idea... Wow, it's really hard to write wabohu while you're talking at the same time. And this idea of tohu wabohu is formless and void. It is, it is kind of this chaos that would want to come in and, and come into God's good creation. When I think about that idea of tohu wabohu, here's what I think of. I'm basically the one that does dishes at the Labby household. The kitchen and cleaning up the kitchen is kind of my place. And so it seems like any moment that I'm not intentionally making sure that our kitchen is clean, it descends into tohu wabohu. It descends into chaos. And, and so if I walk away for five minutes and I'm not doing the dishes, all of a sudden I'll come out my kitchen. There'll be food all over the place. There'll be dishes that we left that are still dirty. And maybe you can experience that. And you know what I'm talking about. That's this tohu wabohu. And so here's what happens is God, over the next six days, he does work. And so let's just go ahead and we're going to write work above this. And through God's work, we see that he brings order to the tohu wabohu, that he actually brings order. He forms the land and the sea, and then he populates it with animals and with fish and all of the wildlife, that God brings order. And then it doesn't just stop with God, but here's what we see next in the passage. It says this in verses 27 and 28. It says, so God created man in his own image. He created him in his own what? Everybody say it, image. Created him in his own image. He created him in the image of God. And then in verse 28, God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. This is so good. This is so good. So here's what we see is that on this side, we have the divine creator, and we have been cre created in the divine image. And in that divine image, we are called to work, to continue to bring order to keep away the tohu wabohu. How incredible is that? That like humanity can build societies, that we can build uh, opportunities to be able to take care of the people around us. We can build systems that are encouraging and orphanages and hospitals. And you look at that and you're like, man, we can help subdue the earth and help it to flourish through our work. But here's what I want us to get today, church. I think it's so important that we understand this. It is that you have been created to work. You have not been created for work. See, before we can even begin to talk about rest, we need to talk about work. Because we've been created to work. Here's how I want to explain that. The reason that we've been created to work is that we've been created to be able to reflect the divine image. And by working, we are able to continue to bring order to the world around us. But we have been created for reflecting the image of God. I think as soon as we flip that, we actually begin to go down the wrong path. As soon as we say that we're created for work, we miss 
the joy that God has for us. For some of us today, we want to escape work. And God is saying, no, 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 listen, I've given you work. I've actually given you an opportunity to pour yourself out to help bring order to the world around you. Whether you're 80 years old or you're eight years old, there's an opportunity to be able to work in the image of God. But the reason why we work is because we want to be able to reflect God to the world around us. We haven't been created for work, but to work. And it's in that context that we can actually begin to talk about this idea of rest. Here's what we're going to see. We're going to see that in the work, then what happens is there's this cycle that comes up where from work, we then are called to rest. And it's in that rest that we experience God in a new way so that we can be a part of the divine image that he has called us to reflect, that we can pause and rest, be with him in a new way when it comes to rest. That's exactly what we see the idea in Exodus chapter 20, verse 11. You see, the author here is reflecting on this Sabbath rest that God takes on the seventh day of creation. As God himself is penning out the Ten Commandments, he comes to the commandment of the Sabbath rest. And he gives us insight into what it truly means to rest. How we can not no longer live in non-rest or junk rest, but we can actually live in restorative soul rest. Here's what the biblical author, Exodus 20, verse 11 says that I think is going to bring clarity to the way that God is calling us to rest in life as unusual so that we can bless in the rest. And so here's, here's what it is. He says this. He says, for the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them in six days. Then he rested. Now, that word rested in the Hebrew is actually the word nuach. And so we're going to come back to that because there's so much unpacked in that. But first we see that he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath. And that second word Sabbath is actually the Hebrew word sabbat. And that he declared it holy. So he set this day apart. And it's in this passage that we actually begin to see what Sabbath rests, what this idea of resting in divine creativity should look like. It's these two ideas of Nuach and Shabbat. So we're going to unpack what that looks like. The first one that I want to talk about is this idea of Shabbat. It's the idea of this, that you need to cease. Somebody go ahead and write that down in your notes, that we are called when we rest to cease, to stop from all that we're doing, to stop from striving, and to simply be. I think when it comes to ceasing, one of the passages that comes to mind is Psalm chapter 23. And in this psalm, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I'm so cool with that. And then I get to the second line and he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And it's in that verse that I realize so often I'm one of those stubborn sheep that I don't want to lay down. I want to keep going. I want to keep driving. But God is saying there's something to be had. There's a rest to be had in ceasing. For some of us today, what God is calling us to do is to cease and to rest. When I think about the idea of ceasing and resting, I think about the opportunities that I've had to hammock, 
I don't know if y'all have hammocked before. Uh, those young ones might call it mocking, but whatever it is, uh, when you go out and when you hammock, there's nothing like it. I, I think back to vacations that Holly and I have been on and opportunities even here in Eau Claire where we go on a bike ride and we'll simply hammock and, and we can just be in a moment. I think that's so much key to ceasing. It's that so often we wear so many different hats in life and you wear the hat of mom or the hat of spouse or of worker, employee, son, daughter, father, mother, whatever that might look like. And when we cease, we have an opportunity to take off all of those hats and to allow ourselves to experience rest in God. It's in that ceasing where we truly are able to celebrate who God is and what he has done. As a matter of fact, I think that's one of the things that we need to do is as we think about ceasing, it reminds us to stop to celebrate. That over the six days of creation, God looks back and he says, it was very good, but I wonder how many of us are going through life and we never pause to look back and see if it was very good. I believe what God wants us to do is to stop, to cease, and to celebrate. To see the way that he's moving in our hearts and in our lives. To see the way that he's working through us to be able to impact the world around us. To simply pause and to celebrate and say, man, God is so good that he would work in that way. God God is so gracious that he would allow me to be a part of this divine creativity in the world. And so I think that it's in the ceasing that we celebrate. I think it's in the ceasing that we trust in God's sovereignty. See, so often what happens is we end up feeling like we got us there. You know, if it's our work that got us there, it's going to have to be our work that sustains us there. And I think it's in those moments when we cease that we remember that it wasn't us that got us there. It was God who got us there. And it's in those moments of resting that we simply trust in his divine sovereignty to continue to lead us and guide us. And it's in the ceasing that we remember that he is God and we are not. See, it's in the Shabbat. It's in the ceasing that we remember that God is God, that we're not, and that we can pause and rest. For some of us, what that means is that this week, This week, you're going to decide that you're going to do a technology-free day. Or maybe let's even like take it a step back even more and just say like you're going to do three hours of technology-free that you're going to take a day off or maybe you're going to take three hours off and you're going to put your cell phone away. You're going to allow yourself to not be distracted by the dings and pings and all the rest of that kind of stuff and simply say, I'm going to be. I know that's something I want to do this week. I'm going to take my day off and I'm going to make sure technology, my cell phone, maybe one of y'all might call me and you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to back, back to you tomorrow because I'm putting my cell phone away. I'm ceasing so that I can be. For some of us, that means that in all of the striving that we're just going to take a break. You know, I think one of the best ideas that I've heard about this is, is that actually you take a five-day work week and, and you, you spend eight or ten hours a day working and then you get two days off. And in those two days off, here's what you do. You take the first day and you do all the things that you got to do. You know, you go grocery shopping and you get all of your, your uh, dishes done, you clean your house. And then here's the awesome part is on day two, you get to simply be. You get to cease. Man, this is good. I'm putting this into my my life this week. I'm making sure that I do this because I see the benefit of ceasing so that we can simply rest. And so God is calling us to rest by ceasing. 
The second thing that we see is not only are we called to Shabbat, but we're also called to Nuach. And this idea of Nuach is actually the idea of the abiding presence, of, of being present. And, and I think it's in that idea that we actually begin to see the incredible way that God moves, that not only are we supposed to cease, but the reason why we cease is that so that God can reside among us. It's amazing that throughout Scripture, what really we see is this God who wants to abide with his people. And over and over again, we reject him. That, that in the Garden of Eden, what was God doing but abiding with Adam and Eve? They sinned. And because of that sin, there was a, a disruption in the abiding. And so God ends up set, giving a tabernacle to the Israelites, and he abides with them in the tabernacle. Then he builds a temple, and he abides with them in the temple. And here's one of the most amazing things, is, is in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says this. And I'm using the, the message version of the Bible. He says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood means that Jesus God became flesh moved into the neighborhood he took up residence nuoct and i think for every one of us if we simply cease but we don't allow god to take up presence in our day then we'll miss truly resting see resting is about understanding and remembering the idea that we have been made in the divine image and that we've been created to connect with the divine. I wonder if Jesus moved into your neighborhood, would you notice? Or would you be so busy moving from one place to the next that you would miss him? I've been so convicted throughout this week as I've been preparing for this message because I see so many areas in my life where I'm hurrying from one place to the next. And as I was thinking about it, I love hiking. I love backpacking. I've been able to be on a couple of three-day backpacking trips, actually hoping I'm going to be able to take another one uh, this upcoming summer. And as a part of backpacking, I love the journey. I love seeing new sites. I love the strenuous activity of lifting a 40-pound pack and hiking from one place to another. But can I tell you that if the entire time of backpacking was nothing but hiking, I would get exhausted. I wouldn't enjoy it anymore because there's something that happens. Along the journey, when it comes to be nighttime and you set up camp, you sit around a fire and you simply rest. And it's in the rest, it's in the sitting around the campfire and just being that makes the journey so much more enjoyable. It's the new walk, it's the taking up residence. I believe that God wants to take up residence with you and rest. So here are a couple of ideas for you as we talk about um, what it looks like to be able to set up God's presence with you in your rest. And, and the first one is this, that, that, that um, I, I want to encourage you that going to church is one of the best things that you can do. That, that my hope is that sometimes we took for granted something that, that really is an incredible thing. That some of us right now, we're longing to be back in relationship with each other. But there might be a day three years from now or next year or three months when we jump back into life as normal that you begin to take for granted the very thing that you long for, which is community with the church. But when we come together as a church to lift up the name of Jesus, what are we doing? We are allowing him to take up residence with us and to be able to talk to him and, and encourage and say, God, you're so good. And so I want to encourage you, keep coming to church. I want to encourage you in, in that day to be able to take a little bit more time to spend time with God on your own. Maybe for some of us, we're going to um, go out into nature 
that instead of being inside all the time, we're going to go out in nature and we're just going to simply allow our minds to think about who God is, to think about this God who created everything around us so that God can take up residence with us. For some of us, we're going to gather our family around and we're going to talk about things we're grateful for that God is doing in our life as maybe we make a, a, a lunch or a dinner, a tradition on a Sabbath day to stay, to rest, and to be grateful for what God is doing. Maybe for some of us, we're going to start off our day by reading Psalm chapter 92, which is a Sabbath day psalm, to just say, God, this day is set apart. This day is holy. This day, I'm going to nuach with the God who created me. You see, there's so much joy to be found in rest. And I think that it's in rest that we truly understand what it means to connect with the divine, that we're created to work, but we're created for the divine image and for relationship with the divine. One of my favorite quotes is by St. Augustine. He says this, he says, our souls are restless until they find rest in you. My hope is that we would be able to find rest in God, that before we hurry off, as life begins to go back to usual, that we would say, listen, my rest is going to be unusual, and I'm going to trust God that, I'm, that this, there's going to be blessing in the rest, blessed in the rest. One of my favorite things is Jesus says this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Some of us today, we've been carrying so much. We've been working through so much. We've been taking it on our own shoulders. And God is saying, listen, you need to rest in me. Some of us, we haven't yet given everything to Jesus. And we're listening today and we're like, man, it would be great to be able to connect with the divine in that way. Can I tell you that Jesus wants relationship with you? And that if you come to him, that you will experience rest in a new way. And so I'm going to pray for us. And as I do, I'd love if you could just kind of hold your hands open, that you would experience the rest of God, that you would cease in this moment from the mind that thinks about the next thing, that you would take up residence and understand that God is with you, that Jesus moved into the neighborhood and that you get to commune with him and that you would understand that you can come to him and receive rest. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I pray that you would help us to not go back to life as usual but that, God, we would experience life unusual. That, Lord, we would look for your rest. That, God, we would Shabbat, we would cease from all of the striving, all of the, all of the trying, and that, God, we would have moments where we just are. I pray, Lord, that you would nuach with us, that you would take up residence with us in those moments, that we would experience you in a new way, and that, God, out of an overflow of a heart for you, we would be able to begin to have peace and patience because we have been filled with the God of the universe. God, I pray if there's anybody listening right now and they haven't yet experienced the soul rest with Jesus, I pray, Lord, that they would make that decision. If you haven't yet made that decision for Christ, I want to encourage you right now to pray this prayer after me. Lord, I believe that you've created me for you. I know that I've sinned, but I trust Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins and I commit to follow him all the days of my life. And Lord, for all of us, Lord, we just entrust you. And God, we want to say, would you continue to mold us and shape us to look like you? Would you help us to be a people of repentance, to reconsider, and to look at life your way? God, thank you so much for movement, for all that you're doing, and the way that you are continuing to work in our hearts and lives as we are distant, but yet so close together, tied together by the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well,